Well, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, mostly that's a, a public service announcement for the uh, husbands uh, on the way home. Honey, I, I forgot something at uh, the shop. Can I just stop by and, and yeah, flowers, candy, cards, um, stacks of hundreds are probably at this point. Uh, I mean, if you're this far behind, I just want to kind of help you out there. No, seriously, happy Valentine's Day, uh, a day where we uh, believe in or take part in seemingly all of the uh, commercialization of all that is ooey and gooey and ugh uh, for junior hires and younger, right? Okay? Uh, so if your kids today uh, are a little grossed out or are trying to figure out uh, why mom and dad are actually holding hands in church today and um, they're actually kind of nice to each other today, um, it's all because of Valentine's Day. It has nothing to do with anything else. I'm, I'm quite convinced of it. No. No, again, we held our uh, annual uh, um, uh, dinner, my wife and I, last night. Again, we'd, we quit going out on Valentine's Day or quit getting each other presents. Uh, we believe uh, that uh, the Valentine's dinner is a time for us to teach our kids uh, what a romantic dinner could look like. And so our kids get dressed up. We get a little bit dressed up. I cook a nice meal, candles. Uh, the lights go down. We have actual polite conversation um, at the dinner table. We then turn the music on, do a little dancing. Um, so that's, that's Valentine's. We share some cards, and the kids are always like, oh, oh. Well, there's nothing still more precious than having your daughter say, Daddy, it's our turn to dance. Yeah. That way, husbands take note. But happy Valentine's Day. Because there is a love that is greater than any love this world can compare to. There is a love that has come down in flesh that loves like no other. You haven't seen such a man in all the history of the world. There has never been a poet a lover, a movie star, a Lothario. There has never been one who is quite as passionate, quite as forceful, who knows exactly what he is doing for his bride, but Jesus Christ. It is in him and by him that we live, move, and have our being, the scriptures say. It is because of the name of Jesus and that power that people who were once lame walk, those who were blind see, those who have had debilitating diseases their entire life are now freed. It is for those who have been caught up in sin, who for the first time by that powerful name experience grace and forgiveness. It is by that powerful name that people have been released to do and accomplish things in this world that the world says, how is it that they are so unselfish? It is by that powerful name of Jesus that marriages have been reconciled, that long-lost friends have been brought back together, that relationships that seem to be broken can be restored. It is by that powerful name, Jesus made flesh. God here, incarnate, meaning He lived with us and dwelt with us. He experienced food and smells. He knew what a hug was like. He knew what changing a diaper was like. He knows all of those kinds of things. We do not believe in a Jesus that simply sits on a throne in His perfect white robe, never having gotten His fingernails dirty. No. 
but a God who was in flesh. And it is Jesus that has made a difference in the lives of people ever since. And it's only by that. As we continue this study during the season of Lent of the tangible kingdom, you're going to be challenged this next week in week two of the devotion about what it means to understand the word incarnational. Now many of us, and and me included, you've even heard me say, hey, be Jesus with skin on to people. But the point of this week's lesson is not about you. The point of this week's lesson is about who Jesus is and that He became flesh. And so we don't pass by this week very quickly. We don't pass over it too, too quickly to say, God wants me to understand who Jesus is, that He was real, that He was tangible, and that it is only by that name that people's lives are changed and transformed. Our reading that we just had from Acts chapter 3, right? The man who is born lame, who goes to the temple gate each and every day, What is his only solace? What is his only help? But to receive the outpouring of gifts from people that walk into worship. That's it. That's the highlight of his day. He looks for nothing else. His highest expectation is that he will have food to eat and maybe a little bit to pay for some medicine if he's in pain. He might get a little bit of pity interaction. A well-meaning person that will place that coin in his cup and, and genuinely look him in the eye. And he might receive some love, some appreciation, some value. But more likely than not, he expects ridicule and further shaming. He expects to have people's eyes diverted away from his. He doesn't expect to be loved. He doesn't expect to genuinely be cared for. The best he can hope for is a token. That's the scene. That's what it means to be lost. That's what it means in our world today when we drive by and don't look under the underpass. Or wonder when the city's going to clean up that filth. Or when are the ordinances going to keep people off of these corners? Or when we quit grousing about, well, marijuana's now legal, next there'll be something else that's legal, and golly, we're just, and it's just creating all these problems of people addicted, and and, and robberies are up, and violent crimes are up, and we are just so mad about those people. We haven't even. We haven't even talked about the coworker who's a functional drunk. Or the family next door that struggles to keep their kid home. I 
or the extended family member that we don't ever see because they're in and out of what? Rehab, hospitals, jobs, marriages. The brokenhearted. And do you know who Jesus loves? Them. He absolutely has a broken heart for those that the rest of the world wants nothing to do with. Well, if you can't clean yourself up, if you can't act right, if you can't quit doing this or quit doing that, then I don't want you around. And this is how Christians come across. No. Have you forgotten your first love? Do you not know that Jesus loves you for who you are, not who you've become, but who you were when you were caught up in all your sin and your junk? Before you read your Bible regularly, prayed regularly, went to worship regularly, before you met other Christians, do you know Jesus loved you then? So great is his love. And what do Peter and John, what do they give him, right? They don't give him money. They give him Jesus. And we laugh, right? We laugh when we see up in TV, somebody's just got a a, a poster board with John 3.16 on there, and we go, how fleeting is their theology? Well, I mean, it's the basics, but, you know, let's get off the milk and let's get to the meat, for crying out loud. Do you understand the meat, the depth of, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son? And he did it for you. And he did it for me. And I need him. And so do you. And so does the lame. And so do the divorced. And the beat up and the downtrodden and the people that don't get looked in the eye. They need Jesus. Jesus with flesh on. Jesus that doesn't condemn. Jesus that loves them beyond anything that you could ever imagine. Think about it. Think back to your days of dating. For some of you, that was a long time ago. For the others of you, you're a different part in your life, and you're like, I'm in my mid-50s, I ain't dating. Heck no. There's no way. For others, you're young, and you're, oh yeah, dating, it's it's a wonderful experience until the tears come, right? You know, a little bit of breaking up and, and there's a little bit of fixing and a little bit of cajoling, right? But I, I want you to think back to your first love. I want you to think about the time that you spent getting ready for your first love. I mean, the time and preparation to meet your first love and, the, and, the, and the, maybe the, the date you would go on and how everything was perfect, every hair was perfect. Put the outfit on. You, no, I'm going to put another outfit on. No, that's not it. I'm going to do another one. And, yeah. 
okay? I mean, your breath was good, right? All of that. And you pursued, right? You went after. I mean, you may have played hard to get. Oh, come here, no, get away. Oh, no, come here, no, get away. You played. I want you to understand something. You have never been pursued so severely, so fiercely, so intently as by that man, Jesus Christ. And some of you have run for a good portion of your life. You've known he is on your heels, and yet you have not turned around because you just, well, if I ignore, if I don't turn around, he won't even be there. And some of you are well down this path of life, and you know Jesus has been number one in your life, but quite frankly, you have kept him at a comfortable position behind you instead of letting him lead you. There is no greater love than the love that God has for you, but that he sent his son, Jesus and people don't need a well-written doctrine book to read. They don't need a new member class to explain every question that they've ever had. They don't even need really good people to hang around with. What they need is Jesus. Jesus. You ask any adult convert... And the ones that I know, I have never met one that said, well, you know, what really sold it for me was uh, there was parking, <laughs> you know, and it was cleaned off and it was well marked. Or well, you didn't have pews, you had really comfortable chairs. I mean, I could sit and fall asleep easily there, okay? That, I mean, that's not why they chose. And they didn't say, well, it was because you were in boots and jeans and you didn't have a robe on. It's none of those things to a T, to a person, they will tell you the difference maker was Jesus. That for whatever reason, whatever they were fighting, whatever they were against, whatever they didn't want to listen to, Jesus became real for them. And they literally, they walk by faith now. Their life may not be perfect, but they walk with the one that created and they walk with the one that pursues them. And they still struggle. Do you still? Do you still find it difficult and challenging that God would love you enough to walk with you even though you keep confessing the same sin each and every day? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's challenging. God loves you anyway. That's how big his love is, and he gets it. I want you to understand something. This Jesus fellow, he is like no other guy in the world. He never disappoints. He always shows up on time. He never forgets. He always celebrates. He always cares. And he always loves. David, King David wrote in Psalm 22 about this Jesus. And in the seat back in front of you, if you'll pull out that piece of paper, Larry, if you'll pop up line two of the lights in the back, 
behind the door, hang a right. It says two. Perfect. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to go slow. I want you to hear these words because oftentimes we don't read this until a service called Monday Thursday where we're picturing Jesus hanging on the cross. And again, this is the context. This is Jesus quotes much of this psalm near Good Friday. But I want you to hear it from a guy that loves you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night. And I'm not silent. These are the very words that Jesus cries out from the cross. When God has turned His back on Him because He has been made sin. And God cannot look upon sin. At that moment, you understand that Jesus was experiencing hell that you will never experience. God will never turn His back on you. And at that moment, God loved you so much that He said, my son, I'll make you experience what they'll never experience. And that's Jesus saying, why have you forsaken? Yet, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not disappointed. He says, look, I don't understand why I've been abandoned by you. I don't know why you're so far from me, but I know this, you're God and I'm not. You're the one that's enthroned on high. I don't get what you're doing, but I'll trust you. I know you're God, but I'm a worm and not a man. I am scorned by men and despised by people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Jesus fully acknowledged that he was the bane of existence to the people that hung him on the cross. They wanted nothing to do with him. They insulted him. They spit on him. They beat him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. He says, God... I know from the moment you created me who you are. You are my Father. And I'm not going to lose faith and hope and trust in that. But be God. By God. Be God. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions tearing their prey open their mouths wide against me. And I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. What Jesus experienced on the cross is incredible. 
death being poured out. There was nothing left in him. And that was all for you. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. They cast lots for my clothing. Jesus said, I was nothing to those men that beat me and stripped me. I was worth nothing to them, barely even the clothes off of my back. You want to talk about being shamed? You want to talk about being viewed as worthless? Jesus knows it. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. And I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor Him. Revere Him, all you descendants of Israel. Jesus says, even in the midst of this, I'm not going to give up trusting that God has a plan. I'm going to praise His name. For He has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden His face from Him, but has listened to His cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. Jesus says, in the midst of everything going on, I will bring your name, honor, and glory. I will do what you sent me to do, which is to love them. You see, the poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise Him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before Him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before Him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve Him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim His righteousness to a people yet unborn. For He has done it. friend of mine whose testimony about being in church all of his life and yet not realizing that the love of Jesus was for him was until he read John 17. When he came across the words of understanding that Jesus was praying for him in the Garden of Gethsemane. they will proclaim His righteousness to a people yet unborn. God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Jesus shall have eternal life. For God did not come to the world to condemn the world, but to save it through His Son, Jesus Christ. And you, friend, are worth saving. Amen.